Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's games are Quicks, Kicks, I don't know, I've heard both, or Quirk. I'm sure about that one. Both for the Game Boy. Kicks. As it is officially pronounced, well, I was just... developed. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I only know because I, I said it. I read an article. It was pointed out by the early makers of the game. Oh, nice. Okay, I, whatever. There's no U in there. So, Kicks itself was developed by Threshold Entertainment and published by the Big N in North America and in Japan and PAL territories sometime in the 1990 zone. Okay. I think it was May for the United States, September for PAL territories, Japan. Who knows? Sure, sure. And this is a port of the Taito game, Kicks, which is an arcade game from 1981. Wow. And it was developed by Taito of America by a couple, a married couple, Randy and Sandy Pfeiffer. Okay, cool. Uh, They made this game and they also made the sequel, Kicks Adventure. All right. Now, sadly, I could not find any like like long interviews with these people. And I I really wanted to because I was like, I want to hear about this like couple that worked at Taito of America together and made <laughs> this game. It was pretty interesting, it sounds like. Yeah. But yeah. as you can imagine, uh, with many things about the early days of arcade games and video games, there is very little information out there. Right, right. Now, Kicks was a huge arcade game when it came out, just due to the fact that, especially for Taito, it was one of their bigger hits that year, but yeah. mainly because it was so different than everything else that was out at the time, You know, which was your Pac-Man and Space Invaders clones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if I've ever seen an arcade version of Kicks. Yeah, I never have either. I, I always assumed it was like it started on a PC or something. You know, I was kind of surprised when I looked at it. I was like, oh, wow. But I have seen many of the arcade ripoffs of Kicks. Oh, yeah. And there's a whole category that kind of sprang out from Kicks in Asia. Oh, sure. It's a more lewd version of the <laughs> Kicks formula. Yeah. And any kid that downloaded a huge pack of MAME ROMs when the emulation scene <laughs> started, you know, in the late 90s. Sure, yeah. You'd be burning through the, all these different games, checking them out, and eventually you'd come across one of these, like a Gal's Panic <laughs> or Lady Killer. Ooh. And they often had hilarious starter screens where you picked your character, which didn't matter. Right. But it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was like the Terminator or <laughs> it was like digitized photos of different like strongmen or bad guys or like badass guys. I see. Okay. The other thing that makes them more lewd is the fact that when you are playing the game, you are uncovering a nude or semi-nude picture of a woman. Right, right. Of course, this is in its you know great 16-bit digital <laughs> glory. Oh, glory is the right word. Uh, but they actually did have some interesting features a lot of times. They would add like uh, bosses okay. and like other creatures, like things like that. Um, and uh, sometimes if you scored poorly or got hit too many times, the screen would turn. And the girl would turn into a monster or like an ugly girl. Oh, no. Or like a gory horror scene. Ew. Okay. Okay. So Kicks has a long <laughs> legacy in all corners of the world. But sadly, that is also part of its legacy is the. Sure. That version of the game. Its powers were used for evil. Now, is Picross, like Mario's Picross, is that a Kicks type game or so? I've never played, but I always kind of lump them no, together. It has nothing, nothing like it at all. In fact, 
I've contemplated making you play that game many times, but I'm not sure how we could do an episode on it. Oh, really? Uh, but you're talking to a person that has played so every every Nintendo Picross game plus. <laughs> and now I just buy these ones on the iPad that are like <laughs> Picross S G one two four five. Like you just pay ten dollars, you get like an extra two two hundred three hundred boards, and oh wow, and you do another one. Sweet. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. It's a never-ending cycle, <laughs> and that's Picross talk. All right, Picross platoon. So, Nick, what kind of game is Kix? Well, sir, it's a puzzle game. I, I don't know if there's I think any... it's the beginning of what they call the drawing games. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. I could see that. Because you don't really have a character or anything. You have this little, what the manual calls a marker. Okay. That you move along the square borders of a, a field. that, And then you use it to draw or build... <laughs> Little uh, lines, I guess we'll say, that you then have to block off or rope off an area that then is taken over. Great in. Yeah, yeah. It gets filled in. And your goal is to fill up at least 75% of the screen. Yes. Now, while you're doing this, the the titular kicks is out there. Yeah, it's a series of kind of lines that bounce around the room and, and sometimes just turn. It's a very erratic and kind of random movement well it's pattern. not entirely random because they turn with each beat of that weird noise they make oh right yeah so you know where they're going to turn but it's like an ethereal you know series of lines that grow and and shrink a little bit it's very always thought ghostly like yeah yeah and it's a it's a it looks cool especially doing research for this where i looked back at the arcade version where it's multicolored and it looks pretty cool you know of course it's almost like a screensaver in a way yes yeah yeah and it's such a weird kind of quote-unquote sprite i guess it, sometimes it'll clip me in weird ways that i was like i thought i was safe but other times i'll squeak by yeah it is hard to to gauge where its edges are now the game itself you know like you said is about taking an empty field and blocking off chunks of it and each time you do you get points and that area is no longer uh, available for the kicks to move around it. Yeah, so you can build little quote-unquote walls or such to box it off. Now, you're not alone out there with the kicks. No, sir. There's several other interesting parties. <laughs> First of all, you've got the sparks. Yes, and those are the little things that move around the edges of the field. And if you touch them, you die. Once you box off an area, they'll follow that border as well. So there's a meter at the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm that is slowly decreasing and when it, it when it's finally fully empty then a, a, a sparks will spawn yes so that keeps you constantly moving and not just biding your time waiting the entire game yeah and then if you're on a stage too long <laughs> a little sound will ring out and you'll know the sparks will they kind of get a little bigger and they become faster and more aggressive yes which is not cool but that's not all because there are also fuses which yep. appear if you take too long to draw a line. Like if you're sitting or waiting or something, a fuse will appear and it will come after you, but it will only stay on that line, right? I think that is how that one works, yeah. But still, the screen can get full and it's pretty tricky to, you're dodging that kicks, you're trying to enclose different areas to fill up the board. It gets pretty hairy. Oh, definitely. What's nice is the screen does show you the percentage of board you've already gotten out mm -hmm. or taken up. Uh, you do have lives in this game. That's right. You start with three. 
Yes, and you can earn extra ones at for your score where at 50,000, 100,000, 200,000, and 500,000 points. All right. And what really makes this game not just a simple puzzle game is the fact that you have two different buttons you use to control your speed. And if you move at the lower speed and you enclose an area, it's worth more points. I think twice as much. Yeah. So there is a risk reward system there that's really fun to kind of play with. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the percentage you have filled, you know, the level will automatically stop once you get above 75. But if you can finagle it in certain ways to where you get higher than 75%, you do get an extra like thousand points for every percent over you are, I think. Nice. And that is your your end of stage bonus. And if you can, if you're a real master and you can get a 99% of the board occupied, you get 50,000 point bonus. I don't even know how that's physically possible. I never even tried, but I did see some videos online and it's a pretty harrowing looking. It's like, that's beyond me. <laughs> you have to know that that kicks is movement like, like, you know, the back of your own hand. Well, it's tricky because you have to like box it off, but you still have to leave so much of the board unclaimed or else the stage will end, you know? Right. So it's a strange, strange tactics. At some point, I think, what, level four, maybe, where you will encounter two kickses at once. That's right. Which are, A, it's a pain in the butt, and B, uh, it also has a special option where if you can draw a line that splits, they call it a split kicks, to where you've separated the two of them, then the level will end, and you'll get a, you'll get a score multiplier in the next, for your next bonus yes. on the next level. Man, this tempted me so much. You know, I, I did it several times, but I was never able to cash in. Like, I got it two or three times in a row where I was like, oh, man, I just got to play it safe the next level and didn't work. <laughs> so I gave oh. up on that. <laughs> and there is a two-player versus mode. And how does that work? I did, I did not look into that. It actually looks pretty interesting because you're both markers on the same screen, right? There's still a kicks, sparks, etc. But you both have a separate percentage. Oh, okay. You choose how much it takes, right? Oh. To win. And it's they have a special mode called like uh what's it's like sudden death or something where if one person gets forty percent, if you set that up or yeah, to where it's like they pretty much can't die if you get over forty because if the goal is sixty, or that's what it is, you can set the percentage up to sixty to where then it's like you just have to keep trying to get the other person to die, basically. It becomes a weird like your survival game, I guess. Huh, and that was used with the link cable? Yes. Cool. Yeah, uh, it, it seems interesting, but I, I was unable to check it out myself. Well, Nick, Kix was published by Nintendo and... You know, they have a pretty good track record with their manuals, but there's not a lot here. So this can't be a very long one. Well, sir, you're right. <laughs> this is a Nintendo one. It's got that early kind of Game Boy style where you've got the little booklet. It's black and white, but it has the some the red. Yeah, the red oh, titles yeah. and whatnot in there, <laughs> which is nice. Breaks it up. But honestly, other than a few screenshots, there's no there's nothing really here. You know, it, it shows the there's Do they a, draw the kicks ever. No, no, but there's some zoomed in uh, oh. shots of the sprites, at least. But it's okay. mostly just about explaining the admittedly a little abstract gameplay. And it, it, it sure does it well. It tells you how to use all the menus. 
get some hints and tips at the end, and that's about it. So, Nick, what was your personal history with Kicks for the in, the Game Boy or any other system? I have none. I, I had only heard of it in, say, Nintendo Power. I'm sure I saw it this release pop up and just flip by. I, I was now I did neglect to mention that this did come out on every system and home computer available in the early 80s. So, oh, sure. Yeah, there's one for NES. Yeah, well, yeah, that one came out real late, though. But you could have played it on Atari, Commodore 64, you know, Apple the apple II, yeah strangely you know never saw it in the arcade i never bumped up against it otherwise than literally this one so yeah i remember seeing it in nintendo power again i also never played it as a kid more recently though not recently for playing this game i did get a copy of the game on accident uh, okay and i bought a game boy color from a little used game store on vacation and okay. they were i was just asking to you know make sure everything worked on it right so they used kicks as a test for it, which okay. didn't make sense because it doesn't have any color, but whatever. <laughs> and uh, I bought it. I didn't realize they didn't take the game out of the thing until I got home from oh, vacation. Right. <laughs> uh, I then went about trying to get it back to them. But that store closed down almost immediately after that vacation. Oh, uh, it was you, man. That was... <laughs> that was the profit margin right there. The kicks that broke the camel's back. I, I tried, but so I inherited a copy of it in a very bizarre way. Hilarious. Exciting vacation stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, Nick, what was your more recent experience with Kicks? Uh, well, sir, I played it. So I was I couldn't get past level seven. So instead, you you switched to Gal's Panic. Yeah, well, I needed some more motivation to really, you know, I was like, these gray fields do nothing for me erotically, so. Yeah, well, Gal's Panic is uh, one of the more polished ones. It's a little more respectable. I think you could actually find that one in arcades, normal, oh. uh, in, at least in Asia, because it had like, first mode was they're just in a tight outfit. Second mode, lingerie. Third mode, topless. Whoa. Again, drawn 16-bit graphics oh, i but gotta still. see <laughs> uh, what about you man um i played it a bit uh i think i got to the i played it i mean by a bit i played it actually a lot i kept going back to it mm-hmm. uh, i was real addicted to it for a minute i got to the second cutscene. oh and we'll okay. talk about those more here oh during yes. the general chat portion <laughs> but no i did not beat it at all i don't even know if you can yeah i don't yeah <laughs> friends this is it the general chat portion of our show and i would just like to start by saying that this is actually secretly a mario game yeah i'm surprised they didn't put that on the title somehow or something you know what i mean just to get some brand recognition back well i think game. a lot of kids would be really disappointed <laughs> if, if they saw him on that box yeah whatever sales but if uh, anyone out there has played mario odyssey mm-hmm. i know it's not you even though you have my my cartridge <laughs> uh nick p.s my children want it back i'll never get it Darn. But uh, the Mexican Mario or the, uh, you know, Poncho and uh, Straw Hat Mario is from Kix. Oh, OK. And, uh, and in that game, you can get all of the various outfits Mario's ever worn in any other game he's ever been in. Right, right. And that 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 outfit comes from this game right here. Cool. And so you get uh, Mario in a couple different 
stage cleared cutscenes or game over. You get a uh, the uh, Mexican one. You get a uh, somewhat problematic African one. Yeah, that's the one I I laughed out loud. I could not believe it because. It's a true, like, native, like, wow. I mean, to its credit, there's no, like, blackface going on, but woof. It's, uh, it's rough. I just think that's a, a feature of the game. Not, I think if they had the choice, <laughs> there would be blackface and perhaps a bone through its no, his nose. Oh. But luckily, the fidelity of the Game Boy would allow neither to happen. Yeah, yeah. Slightly less offensive is Spanish Mario. He's bullfighting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get Indian Mario. As you can guess, he's probably, he's, he's charming a snake. <laughs> uh chinese mario uh okay. he's spinning plates so slightly less offensive oh my god <laughs> and then uh british mario is of course guarding the queen with big ben there in the background okay uh, you do get a nice little explosion of balls when you uh clear a stage a uh, big uh, double clear yeah kind of a crude fireworky looking thing i thought and i do also want to mention that the music that plays during the very beginning of the game is weird but awesome yeah the i mean i like the music there's not a lot of music cuz once you get into the game it's it's silent it's just the noise of the kicks bouncing around yeah that kind of situation yeah yeah man i really love that that intro song is pretty cool agreed now as far as uh, you know the game goes gameplay wise it is an addictive little formula there's a lot of good risk reward in there it got its hooks in me for sure right away because I had never played it. And it, it's one of those old school, like ar- obviously arcadey games where it's not just a puzzle game. There's a little kind of skill action element to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you do have to like outrun or decide when to turn away from the kicks. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's still a little strategy how you're going to do it. Like I would mostly tower. Did you do the tower? Oh, sure. A, a tower of small areas, right? Mm-hmm. And get as close as you can and then uh, to an edge and then fill that off with the slow. Oh, yeah. You got to get the cheese, the slow on a tiny gap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you ever accidentally hit the slow when you started and you're like, oh, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to. And then you're like, I just got to <laughs> bank. I got to make a tiny square right away. Get out of this. Yeah. Like wrap it around. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, this is a really good game just to pick up and play for minutes, seconds, whatever. To me, this is the. This is the thing I wish like would come be on Game Boy micro re-release or whatever they want to call it. Yeah. Like like the Nintendo Mini and Super Nintendo and Genesis and all those little mini systems. I, you know, we've always wanted them to put out a Game Boy that just has a bunch of these games on it. And this would yeah. be all these puzzle games would be so perfect for, you know, something like that. Yeah, for real. It's a lot of fun and very addictive. Like this is a I haven't played a game like this in a while to where like it it just it triggers my like self competitiveness or what where I'm like ah it's always my fault and, and I know I'm the next time I'm like no 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 I, I got this this time I, I can definitely I know, I, do it <laughs> I agree a hundred percent and I felt that same way especially when you're like oh I can just get over this gap no problem and then it, you're like oh no it's t- turning back I shouldn't have should have tried to go that far yeah yeah or, and then you get you, you lose a life and you're like oh okay next time i'm gonna be more cautious i got this yeah and then you know halfway through the level you're like oh I, I can just if i just he's at the very bottom if i just run across i can get this huge chunk and then you know maybe you'll squeak it out maybe you won't but that that really gets you back like r- that right away i, I gotta play again one more time yeah it, it it reminded me like i feel like if we were comparing scores it, i would really get into it like if i had someone like yeah 
If you remember like Missile Command? Yeah, uh, yes, Missile Command. It reminded me a lot of it where I was like, oh, like I kept figuring things out where I was like, oh my, I'm making more points now. I actually was able to get some extra men in the bank, you know. And to clue everyone in, it's not Nick or myself or uh, who was the <laughs> who was the other person in that room ever? Uh what? Sean, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, Mike as well. Oh, Mike. But for the uninitiated, uh, there was a point where Nick was in a physics class that he had given up on. <laughs> yeah. And the teacher was fine with that. And I was the teacher's aide for that class. Yeah. And the teacher had an Apple, was it a 2GS? I it, I just knew it was a Mac of some sort, you know, it was yeah, old it was school. A, one one color screen in this little back room. And we would sit back there and play Missile Command, Shuffle Puck. Yeah, yeah. A lot. And there was this never-ending war of high scores on Missile Command. And every time you thought you had a, a score that was never going to be touched, just a day or two would go by and someone else would somehow knock you out of the water yeah it was crazy because it's just one of those games where you think you're like okay the highest score can only really be like sixty thousand. and then you come in and somebody's got 80 and you're like how I, you know i i don't know it was it was fun and and this you know like i said brought back some memories and i, I could see it being a, a very addictive competitive game especially like with the two-player mode i think that's a an interesting way to do it i, I really want to check it out yeah, I'm definitely going to uh, look at the arcade versions of this and its sequels to see if there is a two-player version on that, because uh, I, I think it'd be a fun one to boot up on the machine over here. Yeah, for real, man. Get it going. All right, guys and gals, uh, we are not doing a standard Nintendo Power Review system for this game because it is so short and small that many of these categories, you know, wouldn't make sense. Play control? Yeah. I mean, you're just moving a thing four directions. It's fine. There would just be a bunch of 2.5s from me. <laughs> yeah, across the board. Graphics, you're, you're making a line. Yeah. You know, there's <laughs> nothing to it. So it comes down to this, Nick. Should you play this game? I think any fan of puzzle games should. Give it a check out. You'll know right away Let it uh, if you like it or not. Indeed. And I think the cartridge is pretty easy to come across. So if you want to pick this up for your uh, pocket NT, go for it. This is definitely one of those pick up and play games you can play for 30 minutes or two minutes. Yeah. But either way, play it. Kicks it. Maybe this summer on vacation, I'll get my kicks. <laughs> I take Route 66. That's right. I'll be, I'll be jamming to Sir Kicks a lot. It's, we're done with that. All right. And our next game is Quirk for the Game Boy. Quirk was developed by Atlas and published by them in Japan in November of 1989 and published by Acclaim in North America in 1990. I can find uh, no reference to it being released in Europe, but it did get a PC Engine TurboGrafx-16 release. Okay, at some point. okay. So maybe they got it there. Right, right. Now, Quirk was known as Puzzle Boy in Japan. Yeah, I, this is pretty interesting. I had no idea about this uh, history, kind of. And there is a weird, like, Puzzle Boy goes off to be his own thing in a series of games that aren't very Quirk-like in some ways. Yeah, where you're a potato? Well, that is a whole different set of games. It was a uh, spinoff called Spud's Adventure. Yeah, yeah. And yes, you are a potato in that one. 
I really don't know what to tell you about that. Uh, I just it only came out in Japan, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I read this thing. Uh, I read an. Oh article. no, wait! It came out in America as Amazing Tater. Amazing. Okay, yeah. Where it was like Atlas made it with a potato in mind, but the tomato version was an acclaim idea, and so Atlas doubled down on potato stuff after that, where they made it more because the graphics weren't changed, but on Game Boy you couldn't really tell the difference. Right. But so they really doubled down on making him look like a potato for whatever reason. All right, then. Uh, and if you are a fan of the Shin Megami Tensei series, Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne for the PlayStation 2 mm-hmm. has levels in it that are directly taken from this game as a as like a like little bonus mini game. Yeah, I, I saw that. I've never uh, played said games, but that's I mean, it's a fun little puzzle game. Like so you could stick it in anywhere. Indeed. And the reason that it is such a fun little puzzle game is because they do not come up with this idea on their own or at all. (laughs) This is one of a billion games inspired by uh, directly lifting from the game Sokoban. Yeah. And Sokoban is a puzzle game in which you are a man pushing boxes around a warehouse. There are a gabillion of them. Yes, in Japan, there's a there are I think technically a gabillion. <laughs> uh, first came out in 1981, and wow, okay. there are you know so many in Japan, but also Japan loves these games, and that's why you see these box puzzles in so many games you've played as like the mini game, the mm-hmm. puzzle. I mean, Zelda even Link pushes around boxes sometimes to yeah. get out of places. Well, it's uh it's an easy concept to grasp quickly, you know. Indeed, it is. So, Nick, what kind of game is Quirk? And I think we just spilled the beans on it. Uh, well, yeah, it's uh, it's an overhead block puzzler. It's similar to the Sokoban thing, but it does have its own kind of identity. It has some, some things to set it apart from the pack, I think. Yeah, and the biggest thing is that you have these flipping turnstile type blocks. Yeah, of various kind of shapes and orientations, but you can see a little uh, screw, rivet, fulcrum, whatever, but you can manipulate them by pushing them around. So let's start a little bit further back. You are Quirk. Yes, the titular tomato. Tomato. Yes, he's a tomato, and you control him in these mazes. Yeah, you're a little sprite, and you know, Sokoban is more about moving boxes, whereas this is more... I guess depending on the gameplay mode, but it's really about getting Quirk through the screen as opposed to just moving boxes from one place to another. Correct. You're you're doing this, I think, to save a, a girl. It seems that way from what I could gather. Uh, your your girlfriend Tammy Tomato. Hmm. You were exploring some ruins or something. I'm not sure exactly, but she's down there and you're going to get her and you have some other friendly vegetables to help you on the way sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and you can control them by pressing the select button. Yeah, so th- that's another cool feature that some levels you just have an extra one or two or even three, right? Uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, let's get into this real quick because that is actually only in one of the three different gameplay modes. So let's start with those. We have going up. Yeah, this is where I I spent most of my time, but it's a, you know, it's a one screen. You've got a stairway you're trying to get to from a starting point and you push boxes out of your way or sometimes into pits to cover them up to walk over. 
Yes. To, to make it to that, that stairway. And there are 10 floors for each skill level. Mm-hmm. So 30 floors total. And when you pause or hit the A button, you're given the options to redo. Yeah, which restarts this current level. There is end. That just takes you right back to the main menu. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, and what makes this game really great and fun, (laughs) is the back feature. Yeah, which lets you undo up to your last like eight moves. Yeah, eight moves. What a quality of life thing. It's great, yeah. (laughs) It made me not hate this game. I used it a lot. (laughs) Same, and for good reason. I mean, you know, I, I greatly dislike box puzzle i'm gonna this is a jump ahead from general chat oh i just don't like them because i don't like the fact that if i've done 10 things perfect and then the 11th thing i screw up i got to do those 10 things over again Mm -hmm. and it's not like fun like fighting a guy or jumping over (laughs) things yeah it's moving boxes yeah yeah i mean there's a reason i don't work in a box factory (laughs) (laughs) eric's hatred of boxes has exposed finally box killed my father when i was young (laughs) now uh, in going up, uh, scoring is based on your time, correct? Yeah, you get a timer, and it does keep track of your steps, your step count for each room. So okay. the lower you do on both, I guess it's better, but it doesn't really... I, I don't think you get extra men or any... You know, there's no lives. You're just doing room over yeah. and over, so... Apparently, if you do beat the the game, that this mode, you are reunited with uh, Tammy. Oh, thank the Tomato Lord. Yeah. Uh, the next mode is heading out. Which I also like the fact that they're both questions going yeah. up, heading out. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and this is an interesting one because it's just a hundred little like rooms, mm-hmm. and I, I think it also has three skill levels. But you, this is more of like a time challenge where you're moving through room to room, and you're just trying to get through as fast as you can. It seems like the puzzles are uh, simpler. Yeah, because of the the speed mm-hmm. feature. But it, it's and- fun. Yeah. You get bonus points for completing rooms at faster and faster times. Yes, sir. And I think this mode has a top uh, score list as well. Yeah, this is the, yeah, it's more scory. I like this mode a lot as well, though. Yeah, it was fun. And then finally, we have a versus mode. Sadly, it's not versus mode. (laughs) And it is a race. And it uses the heading out formula. Yeah, which seems like it would be cool, but I did not get to play it. Same. I do not own one or even two uh, copies of Quirk. Oh, well, you know what? I'm, I'll probably pick it up. I feel like this is one of the ones you see out there for like three bucks. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, in this version, you select the number of rooms you're going to race through, which is cool. And you don't have to have the same number. So, like, if you're good and I'm not, you can do like 10 rooms and I'll do five. Yeah, it would be pretty sweet. Seems like. And you can e- yeah. even select like best three out of five, three out of three, you know, like all of the whatever, like you want to be the the winning uh, conditions. Yes. Yeah, it's cool to add some little options there. And then uh, when you're playing it, you can't see the opponent, but you can have like a little meter that shows where they are at mm. in their progress. Right. Okay, cool. Now, when you are in the levels themselves, you know, here's what you got to deal with. You've got the uh, normal blocks you move around. Of various yep. shapes. Yeah, yeah. You've got holes you can't walk over, but you can pick those blocks, uh, move them over the holes, and they will fall and create platforms. Yeah. And a lot of times there will be puzzles based around, like, how do you move it before you move it onto the holes? Frequently or getting the right block to the right hole to fully occupy it. But the big thing is those turnstiles. And the way they work is when you push on them, they rotate 90 degrees at a time. Yeah. Uh, either direction, as long as there's room for it to actually, this block to move. Yeah, correct. And those come in, like, single, double, triple, or quadruple versions. So one, two, four, 
points coming off of that central axis. Yeah. And really, that's it. Yeah, it's more about order of operations and stuff where you're moving around. Like, it, you have to figure out, like, okay, I got to spin this thing to open the passage to get this block through. And then I got to spin it back to move this, you know. It, it reminded me a lot of uh, Lolo, where it was a lot of just with no enemies, where you're just like, I would just sit and stare at the screen. I mean, that's kind of a common thing with puzzle games. I guess even Mole Mania, where it's just, okay, I got to do this, like, where, which, and which blocks are red herrings, essentially. So there's always yeah. more than you need. Totally. And that's, that's the part that always gets me. Always. Well, Nick, this is a claim. They got a fairly good track record. So please tell me how amazing this uh, manual was. Well, I'm sorry, sir. I could not find this manual. Uh, you did not want to spend $12 for one on uh, <laughs> eBay? I mean, I'm sure it's worth every penny. But So th again, this is our point, which, and again, this is the point at which we tell you, the listener, if you have a Quirks manual that is in any shape readable, scan that baby, get it online. Yeah, well, we want to see. I want to know the story. There's a couple, you know, archives that do will hold this for you. You don't have to host it yourself. Yeah, just get it out there. I want to know the tale of James T. Quirk. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I want to know how he met his uh, tomato bride or girlfriend. I like, the whole, I like the whole story. Yeah, I want to know what's up with Tammy. Is she Princess Tomato in Salad Kingdom? Is there a crossover? <laughs> that I guess we'll never know. So, Nick, what was your personal history with Quirk? Well, sir, much like uh, Kix, it's a game I remember seeing in Nintendo Power and just glossing by. You know, I did. Really... I, I remember this cover. Yeah, I do remember thinking where I was like, that's pretty try hard because of, uh, you know, he's cool a spot. Yeah, well, he's a red tomato with sunglasses and a green mohawk. See, I never really registered that he was a tomato as a kid. Okay. I liked his mohawk. But I was like, is this just like a cool spot ripoff? What's going on here? Yeah, it. I didn't really have a Game Boy at the time when this was released or access to one, really. So it, that was another reason why these were games I just flipped by in Nintendo Power. Well, and uh, the subtitle was He's Amazing. Amazing. Emphasis on the maze. And then I remember looking at the back of this, you know, in the old classic Toys R Us <laughs> flip style. Oh, okay. Displays, yeah. you know, where you could... They had that piece of plastic that just had the front and back of the box in it. Yeah, yeah. You take your slip up to the little cage, you know, if you were going to actually buy a game. And I remember looking at the back and being like, whoa, no, thank you. It's pretty rough. The only puzzle game I'm ever playing is Tetris or Mario Party. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Mario Party, I meant Dr. Mario. Okay, okay. Do what about Dr. Mario Party? If that existed, I'd play it. It'd be pretty wild. Now, do you have a history with uh, the Acclaim Power Team? I do not. I have zero history with it. Well, I was so ashamed I couldn't find the manual that I watched it. It's an animated show that features, it's a Captain N ripoff, kind of. Wow, wow. that's even, if you're ripping off Captain N, you, you've already started in the wrong no. place. And this was another reason I avoided this game, because I was like, this cartoon sucks. It's, uh, it features, well, you know, you've got Quirk, you've got a guy, Tyrone, I think, from Arch Rivals, 
You've got the basketball game. Yes, you've got Max. Okay, Max. I think his name is Max. It's not Max Power. I can't remember. It's Max something from Narc. Okay, but okay. And um, <laughs> it's no, and and you have Bigfoot, the truck that talks and can <laughs> well, drive. The, the there's talk? a there's a kid that's controlling this all. It's kind of like it's bizarre, dude. I I never watched it as a kid, but I actually watched an episode here. I feel and, like I have to watch it now. Oh, it's it is. It's not good, but um, <laughs> oh, and there's Kuros from Wizards and Warriors is another character who is on this team who are video game characters, I believe, that come to the real world, but can be sent back by their evil Mr. Big, the bad guy from NARC, who is a big fat gangster who has some sort of magic cartridges that he can use to send them back to video land. Huh. Now, I'm guessing Quirk is like the little sidekicky. Hey, guys. Right, right. I, I chose to watch a tomato-based episode uh, that I assumed was all about Quirk, and it kind of is. He, he is very annoying and freaks out if someone says tomato. And Oh, that's his thing. And Yeah, and at the end, I remember being like, hey, maybe there'll actually be some like Quirk stuff. They're in a warehouse with boxes and stuff. But no, he just runs around and drops stuff on people, and that was it, in a tomato rage. All right, well, I'm going to have to check this out. They're all on uh, YouTube for free. Uh, and, you know, there's also, here, here's the other thing about this show, is this is only a 15-minute cartoon part of a half-hour program that had, like, a cool host kid who skateboarded around a very early 90s, like, hip room and had all these video game systems set up. And they have a few tips and stuff, but it's, uh, I don't know. It was something I thought was lame back then, and I confirmed it now. I think it's called Video Power is the name of the cartoon. Or I'm sorry, the, the name of the program. That sounds uh, like it was uh, one of the things that inspired that new Netflix show, Saturday Morning All-Star Hits. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you seen that? No. I've watched a few episodes of it, and it's a little hit or miss, but I, I do like what I've seen. Uh, it is like a, a Saturday morning cartoon hosted by two 90s dudes, but the cartoons are all very inspired by an actual cartoon, except weird and uh, okay. modern slash depressing. Oh, okay. Like a Dink the Dinosaur uh, show where he's been dumped by his like human girlfriend and is like, <laughs> going through a midlife crisis. Okay, okay. Or an artist who has to hide his Care Bears uh, from his family and child in their shed because he doesn't want the world to know they exist. Oh, wow. Okay. That's dark, dude. But still funny, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, Nick, what was your more recent experience with Quirk? Uh, well, I, I had a good time. I played through a bit of heading out, but I played through most of going up. And, you know, I've I started off really trying to to beat it in time, but I decided I actually enjoyed it and didn't want to cheat so much because I did look up a few solutions on some stumpers. Yeah, I'm about halfway through the same way. I, I also am probably going to finish it. It's on my nightstand. So it's kind of like a nice before bed game. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty cool. Now, it's I think cool. I played probably a little more heading out than you. And uh, I just liked it because I was like, man, how far can I get before I, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've played it like four or five times, really enjoying it. I, I, I honestly can say I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I have. Yeah, same here. folks this is a second general chat portion for the show i would just like to start by saying that not only did i not realize that this character was a tomato or a tomato sorry i don't want to offend the, <laughs> the, the quirk himself yeah 
But I think I would have enjoyed it more if he was a potato. Yeah, maybe. Because uh, I, I, his, his sprite is a little meh. Well, it was part of what, like, even as, as a kid, I was, like, aware of the the need for a game or uh, the perceived need for a game to have some, like, hip, cool. I don't even know if Sonic was out at this point, but, you know, he really crystallized and got it right, I guess. But a lot of these wannabe mascot characters, and you can you see so many that it was like, oh, what, this is just another one of these. But it, it's too bad. <laughs> yeah, any any character that had, like, a mohawk, a backwards hat. Yeah, it's, like, lame. Stuff like that. Like, this is what hip kids like in 1990. And they weren't. While we did, we didn't want the man (laughs) to show it to us. Yeah, he doesn't get it. I wasn't going to be watching Rude Dog and the Dweebs, that's for sure. (laughs) Wow. Uh, You know, that's my biggest problem with this game is I wish that they used a little, like, I know, I wish the sprites were like one notch bigger. Yeah. Uh, You know, we did forget to mention that you can choose to play this game overhead or at a barely three quarters perspective. Yeah, yeah. I just realized that as well. And um, which did you use? I tried both, and I definitely enjoyed the three quarters more. Same. I can, it gives it a little more character. Yeah, I, I can see why you might want the overhead. It, sometimes, like with some pits, it's like, ooh, is this, where exactly does this line up? But it never really, not in a way that truly stumped me or anything. No, and I need that, I wanted that tiny extra bit of charm. Now, bonus, I did like the fact that they worked sunglasses onto such a tiny sprite. That's true. For being a little guy, he looks uh, pretty cool. And what do you think about the music here? Because I actually really like the music in this game. I agree. I, there's not a lot of it, but it's it's pretty good. It's a catchy tune. It was actually stuck in my head one afternoon. So that, yeah. that's a good sign. Yeah. And yeah. It, it stuck in my head and not annoying me. That's the, the real key factor. Not like the Encanto soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I got to say, aside from the tomato stuff, it, this being a basically a Sokoban game, like as a, as even as a kid, and it's something that kind of I'm trying to get better at as, as a old man is being dismissive of new puzzle games where it's like, well, whatever I already have, you know, uh, I don't need to play another one, but which is too bad, I think, because I know this game really surprised me and I don't really like Sokoban games like you much like yourself. And Yeah, I, I actively avoid any sort of box puzzle when I see one coming. I'm like, oh, God. And I was very pleasantly surprised that not only did I not hate the box puzzle of this game, but I actually like enjoy the game enough to where I will probably beat this game. Yeah, same here. I'm I'm a, I'm trucking through, almost done, at least with going up. But I, I think also it just being like a clear the path or something. Like it feels like I, I don't know if this is true, but it feels like there might be more than one way to solve certain rooms. So that always goes a long way with me as well. Yeah, and the way that you like create paths by dropping boxes into the the holes, mm-hmm. I like that a lot more than trying to figure out where to stick a box in a sea of boxes to like give yourself that little one <laughs> narrow path to get out. Yeah, yeah. It's a more satisfying and less like brain bending solution for me. I agree. And I think we got to give them a bunch of points like you mentioned before, but the the back function, the undo. Oh, it's it's everything. It's uh <laughs> It makes so much of a big difference for, I mean, not just a Sokoban game, but any of these old puzzle games where it's like, this would make everything better. I don't know why no other games tried it. Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, this is not an arcade game. I, I bought it. You got my money. Yeah. Like, we're no longer at the point where you have to keep getting money from me, so why not let me enjoy <laughs> this more? Yes. And it's kind of almost infuriating to think that like this the game did this this early. Yeah. And, and after it- that, there were so many other games that just were like, meh, nah. These weirdos, what are they thinking? Yeah.
All right, Nick, I'm going to ask you, as I did before, should you play this game, Quirk? I say you should. Yeah, I I, I can't believe I'm going to say, I, I thought going into this, this would be the no for me. Yeah, yeah. But after playing it, I think, yeah, definitely. This is the Sokuban-style game you should play. And once you have, then you can be like, I've played one, and I'll never have to play another one again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, and along with Kicks, man, they're both fun little, you know, they're designed that way, being on a portable system, and they're little puzzle games, but it's a good pick up and play for a few, put down when you're done, or you're done waiting in line or something. You know, it's a good little time waster. Indeed. Uh, if you've got children that you drive places, you know they're never on time. So it's a great way to <laughs> pass the two to five minutes as you try to figure out what are they doing? Why haven't they left that building yet? Get out here. Instead of thinking about it, you could be quirking. <laughs> Next week's game will be RC Pro-Am for the Nintendo Entertainment System. So find a copy of that game, grab your controllers, and play along friends. Yes, please. And if you or anyone you know has a copy of this, the Quirk Manual, let's get it online, man. And let us know. Brag to us about it. Or send us some PDFs, some images. Maybe we could do it at cartridgecommand at gmail.com. And we will thank you forever. Yes. You can also get a hold of us at Cartridge Command on Facebook or Car Command on Twitter, where we will always get your message, but sometimes post when new shows are coming out <laughs> yeah uh, you know for two working class guys that <laughs> used to think they knew a lot about entertainment and uh, technology we know so little about the social media landscape <laughs> but we do put these shows out as often as we can and thanks to the fine and wonderful folks that give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command we have the support we need to pay for our hosting fees any equipment we need and that kind of thing so you know it's those awesome, fine, and wonderful folks that give to us that, you know, really keep this show moving along. Yes, it's truly awesome. If you do not give, consider giving even a dollar helps. Yeah, it does. So thank you all so very, very much. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, game on! Yeah, yeah. Oh, it def hey, by the way, are we in general chat now? Did we ever do a... Yeah, I started it. Oh, okay. Sorry, I... I, I said it and I said the thing. Okay, cool, cool. Just making sure. I, 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 I was for a second there. I was like, wait a minute. Are we still... We are. Okay. <laughs>